Welcome back. It's time to grab your board, catch a wave as we ride the sales pipeline with the with the founding father of sales pipelines himself, <laughs> Matt Hines. Oh my goodness, that's probably the best so far. The founding father. I am. I am far from. Well, I am a father. Uh, I am far from founding anything related to sales pipeline. I've so. waited a full year. I came up with that almost a year ago. I thought I got to wait for the Fourth of July week to make you add you to the to the pantheon of founding fathers. Here, we'll put you up on Mount Rushmore, wherever that is for sales pipelines. My goodness, the Mount Rushmore. That, you know that could be a whole show right there. You know, if there was a Mount Rushmore for sales, yeah. who would be on that mountain? Interesting uh, question. I think, I think Zig Ziglar would ha- would have to be probably the George Washington point of you know a point of prominence. Could be good place. Yeah, um, but who's the know, one that set us free? Who's the Abraham Lincoln? I don't know. I don't. Well, I don't know that. They, I don't know that the analogy works completely. But if we were to say like the three or four people that had the biggest impact on selling, you know, in the history, at least in the last hundred years, two hundred years, I mean, like Zig Ziglar's got to be on there. Um, I wonder if um, you know one of the Barnum or Bailey, one of the circus guys, should be up there, given what they've could done. Be. Could um, be. Napoleon Hill has a bit of a mixed reputation, but yeah. clearly could be considered a controversial but influential. A uh, member of the Mount Rushmore for sales. Yeah. Uh, there would be and Matt Hines, who wrote the Constitution, who wrote the doc of the founding Declaration of Independence. Well, that's, I mean, that's part of it, right? Is like, you know, what do you consider <laughs> some of the seminal sales materials? I mean, there isn't, there's no, there's, there isn't a Declaration of Independence. But like, if you were to consider, you know, what's the, I mean, for lack of a, you know, for lack, I don't, I don't mean to get um, <laughs> uh, to go too deep on this, but what's the Bible of sales? Is yeah. there a Bible of sales? I don't you know. know. And, and I think that there probably isn't a book, but I think if you if you look at the content that has stood the test of time, certainly, you know, Zig Ziglar, uh, for sure. Jeffrey Gittimer, probably more recently. Maybe the CEB guys, um, you know, Brent Adamson and the Challenger sale. I'd say it's the modern uh, marketer's field guide. It's it's the field manual for all salespeople. No, no we're not. No, we're, we, we have not. Re- <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. My great producer paul for that uh but anyway hey we could we could just prattle on for the whole half hour we shouldn't do that we should actually get started and bring our guests maybe on we here. should put your guest in there maybe she's a, we'll, we'll start running uh we'll, we'll do a survey who wants to get etched in stone on mount rushmore well, we, here we, yeah. we, we just start our lightning round of questions for every guest at the end which i've always wanted to do we have to figure that out at one of yeah. days like one of the questions is the mount rushmore sales what would be on it anyway wow thank you if you're still listening <laughs> Thank you for sticking around. Uh, if you're listening live, thanks for joining us on Sales Pipeline Radio. We are here every Thursday at 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific, mostly talking about B2B best practices in sales and marketing, uh, what's working, what's not. We are we uh, interview some of the best and brightest minds in sales and marketing in B2B. And um, you know, with us today, I'm very excited to, to have uh, Nadja Gaussi, who is the Vice President of Marketing at Prezi, and we're going to be talking about conversational sales presentations. We're going to talk about what that means and why it's so important for sales and marketing professionals to really pay attention to some fairly recent data that's coming out, not only from some you know re- research among sales professionals, but from the but from Harvard uh, as well, looking at what what uh, what's uh, presentation formats work well. So, Nadja, thanks so much for joining us today. No, oh, thank you for having me, and uh, I'm surprised you weren't being introduced as a revolutionary. <laughs> no, I'm definitely look I. <laughs> 
<laughs> She's right. I should have thought of that's the that's next Fourth of July here. Yeah. Did you guys talk, you guys okay. collude on this beforehand? This is ridiculous. Uh, no, no, definitely none of those things. Just um, I'm full of hot air. I've got lots of things to say. I don't know what that makes me, but um, well, excited to have you here, Naja. Really excited about this topic because I think it's something that everybody is dealing with. You know, I think we all think about when we need to present. You know, where are your slides, right? And we're used to you know Microsoft's done a nice job of making PowerPoint ubiquitous uh, with a lot of companies. But there's a lot of drawbacks to the traditional slide deck. Talk a little bit about what does conversational sales presentations mean the way mean to you? What is conversational presenting? Uh, how do you define that? Sure. Let me let me first paint a picture for you of what it's not, because I think it's always how many of us have had the zombie-like experience where we're sitting in a presentation, we're at slide 113, and you're still on about us, and you're not really respecting the time of the prospects or customers who've already done their research. They're in that meeting with you, and someone raises a question, and the response is, "I'll get, I'll get, I'll get back to you on that," and just that comes later. And the whole idea of conversational presenting was sort of born out of necessity. Um, the reality is people want to have conversations where they're presenting with the audience, not at the audience. That whole engagement model is really a critical part of the whole uh, sales funnel. And um, as you well know, one of the things that we've you know sort of discovered is it's also a real blind spot in investment because all the effort that's put into coming to that moment with that individual, whether it's uh, you know live or remote, there's so much uh, investments that have been made in all the different tools and all the different channels and all the different people just to get to that meeting. And that meeting is such a critical juncture on the move forward that how do you sort of adapt a conversation? You adapt a presentation to making it a sort of an engaging moment where uh, you're able to sort of zoom in onto what topics that people want to hear about. You're able to engage them as the conversation evolves. And you think of it in terms of a, a nonlinear approach. You know, you're able to adapt the conversation to your customers. And from a sales perspective, have real value because at that point, you get your faster speed to aha, you qualify faster, potentially get to discuss sooner, reducing sales cycle time, and it's also acknowledging a lot of the research that people make uh, do coming into the presentations. So conversational presenting, we believe, is uh, a really important skill that uh, the best salespeople, the best marketing people will be, uh, you know, using that kind of an approach when uh, interacting and engaging with their customers. And I'm, I'm super excited to share on the Harvard details with you as well, because this is uh, a very important uh, research recently that was published on how the medium, does a presentation's medium affect its message? So we have a, a lot of interesting insights from that as well. Yeah, I'm excited to get into that for sure. We're talking today with Nadja Gausi, who's the vice president of marketing for Prezi. And you mentioned at the beginning of uh, your last answer, just, you know, people who feel like, oh, I'll get to that, right? I mean, and if, you, if you're really a slave to the presentation you had prepared, that may or may not be what your prospects are interested in. It may or may not reflect what they want to lean in on or double down on. And I think sometimes the, the flow of the conversation is more important to keep people engaged and to really, really, truly qualify and get to next steps than, than following whatever project, you know, trajectory you had initially planned. And I, I feel like that resonates a lot with me. I feel like sometimes what I present, even if it's in a one-to-many format, like on stage, sometimes I'll just naturally sort of bring something up and you'll, you'll feel like you want to say, well, I'm stealing my own thunder because I'm stealing from a side that is yet to come. But why couldn't that come earlier, especially if you're in that kind of a sales format? I, I think this... 
the one thing this does for salespeople is I think you know a lot of people when they have cr- create a deck, so to speak, uh, they use it as a crutch. Uh, and that, but that crutch leads to less effective presentation. So to be able to do conversational presentations, you really do have to understand your content better and be listening more to your customers and to your audience, so that you're so that you're keeping them engaged and customizing the conversation to what they're to, to what they're really keying in on. Absolutely. I mean, that ability to adapt your conversation, you can have your material all there, but it's the way in which you zoom in on what information they want to discover. You're respecting their time because the one thing that you have at that moment is their attention. And attention is one of the most uh, scarcest commodities today just to get to that moment and get to the most relevant points quickly that they want to interact or get more information about. So there is a lot of science that goes behind it. Conversational presenting is its a combination of how the information is communicated, but also thinking about how is the information shared. For example, uh, storytelling is something that we talk a lot about, and that is a very important way in which people engage and sort of perceive information and retain information in context. So having that visual storytelling, understanding, and almost thinking like a director, how the space is being used in the presentation to tell your story, break it up into into chunks that you can address and be able to move amongst that information freely is really an important aspect. In the technologies today, things, uh, for example, in Prezi, you're able to zoom in and zoom out so you can then get to the point and then still see the broader context at a high level. So it's almost like you're starting with a visual agenda. People know what you're going to present, and that creates some context before you actually get into uh, getting into the details. So it's a really important way to think about how your presentation is structured as well as how it's being communicated. So when you're within the presentation itself, making sure that that is customized to the audience is important. But you, know, you guys have been busy this year. Not only I want to talk about the Harvard study, and we'll probably get to that after the break, but I also want to talk about what you guys have described as the blind spot, the blind spot of the sales process that people haven't been looking at, but through your data has really indicated a, a significant disadvantage for organizations that are ineffective at presenting. Can you talk a little bit about the, the, the sales blind spot, what that is, and why that's so important? Sure. There's a couple different ways. Um, first of all, there's the sunk cost from the tools that people are investing in today that just get to the point of finding the leads, finding the channels, the events, the nurturing, the scoring, the appends, everything just to get to that moment. But then if you use the metaphor or look at the example of the online example, there's also the leaky funnels. If you think about the click-through rates that exist today on social, on even if you're at top of the page for Google or banner ads, and then kind of condense that down to the next page, which is click-throughs on websites and blogs and emails, you know, which are in the single digit, you get to that critical moment, and that is why, you know, that moment matters. And then when we did some research um, with Heinz Marketing as well, was about the uh, what what management attributed to missed goals, and 66.7% in the survey we ran, ran it, uh, sort of attributed a missed goal to a poor presentation at that moment. So, and we found that those focused on creating engaging engaging presentations had uh, 60% achieved sales goals and had 57% increase in year-to-year growth performance. And 
In that study, we also were able to measure a difference between PowerPoint and Prezi, about 35% increased engagement by using Prezi. So that having that right tool at that moment was a really critical part. And, you know, so going back to the attention spans and the critical nature of that moment, there was a lot of detail done around how important it was to achieving sales goals and having an engaging presentation um, in that what we called the blind spot, which was a shared handoff between sales and marketing, but probably one of the least invested moments in the sales cycle. We're talking today with uh, Naja Gaussi, who's the VP of Marketing at Prezi, uh, talking about this blind spot and how important it is. Boy, you invest a lot of time and effort in getting that lead and getting that prospect engaged. And if you don't effectively present your idea and, and keep them qualified and clothed, that is a huge missed opportunity. Sometimes we describe that as part of our sales pipeline archaeology, if you will, uncovering like where those primary problems are. We're going to have a lot more on conversational presentations. We're going to be talking about this Harvard study, uh, which has some really, really interesting insights you're going to want to hear. We're going to take a break, pay some bills. We'll be right back on Sales Pipeline Radio. And change in B2B marketing has never been greater. The only thing bigger is the need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide to what's really working and how to apply it specifically to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and conversion. That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. Download it free at HeinzMarketing.com. Is your content showing less than stellar performance? Is it not bringing in the return you hope for? It might be time to revitalize your content marketing engine. Get the recording for the Modern Marketer's Workshop, Content That Converts, and start creating content that makes a visible impact on your pipeline. A fully online, on-demand workshop that includes an interactive workbook, the presentation slides, and templates, all for $195. Don't reinvent the wheel. Instead, visit www.heinzmarketing.com slash workshops. That's H-E-I-N-Z marketing.com. And spice up your content marketing plan now. All right, let's pick it back up with Matt and his guest. And before you do, can I ask one quick question here? Sure, go ahead. I'm. I wonder. I'd love to ask your guest if the rise of social media, like podcasting or or other sorts of social mediums out there, has made us more conversational again, more storytelling. Because that's really what I always say. This medium's about. It's a. It's a very conversational storytelling medium, and I suspect that's true of most social media. Has that turned? Has that influenced us back towards conversations and stories? Naja, what? How do you well, feel I about think- that? Yeah. Social media is a combination. There's short form and there's long form, right? So in some ways, it's made people's attention spans shorter, (laughs) things like Twitter with 140 characters. Uh, At the same time, people who yearn to have more detail want to have conversations. They want to sort of understand the meaning behind ideas. So what we see is there's, there's the value of having both. If you have the context, you can kind of see what is available. At the same time, you can drill down and have the depth of conversation you want to have in in a particular topic that you want to learn more about. So it's sort of that freedom of choice. At the same time, you're right. The dialogue, it's the one-directional dialogues don't work anymore. People want to engage. They want to get feedback. They want to have some, some ability to influence the direction because time is so valuable now. So, um, yeah, uh, absolutely. A lot of technologies are changing the way that people want to interact, millennials especially. We're seeing that behavior, kind of the rise of this whole generation that has been used, used to using these tools on a daily basis 
basis that they don't consume information the same way that the prior generations have. Well, and is it not just social media, but it's also just I think we, we're living in a less formal culture as well, right? You know, where it's acceptable to wear jeans and an open neck shirt uh, to the office, uh, you know, where, you know, we we want to have more control as buyers of the conversation we're having. We want to do our research on our own. We don't expect someone to come in and pitch us. We don't expect someone to come in and do a front to back presentation while we sit on our hands and listen. So there's an expectation that that more informal environment is going to lead to more interaction, which I, I think benefits both parties, but it sort of leaves a presentation format like a PowerPoint deck in the past as something that is a maybe a relic of a previous time uh, that really doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. In fact, one of the mottos we used last year uh, was uh, quit your pitching. It's <laughs> a good idea. Well, hey, let's let's uh, let's talk a little more about this Harvard study. If you're interested in learning more about uh, conversational presentations overall, uh, Prezi has a great ebook on that. If you want to hear learn more about the sales blind spot, uh, there's some great research and data and insights on on the, the Prezi blog as well. Just go to blog.prezi.com. That's P-R-E-Z as in zebra I dot com, and you can check out that information there. But uh, Naja, talk to us a little bit about this Harvard study. Like I took a look at this a couple weeks. Ago and was fascinated uh, by some of the results and was impressed that you know an organization like Harvard had picked this up and was spending time thinking about this as well. Give us a little bit of a uh, highlight on this. I know this was just a, just launched by you guys, I believe, earlier this week. Yeah, actually, it was launched by Harvard researchers. So it was just published in the academic journal yesterday, and uh, we just have been sharing out on social media and also on our site the full uh, research that was published. And you know, it was really born out of uh, the interest we've heard from companies and that we've worked with that they were able to improve performance by using Prezi, but we never had a good way to sort of understand or quantify what that difference was in in using Prezi. So. Harvard took an approach where they looked at it, they did a double-blind study, and they looked at how the medium affects the, the how the medium affects the message. So how the, the difference between having sort of a static linear approach, a nonlinear approach via something like Prezi, and then just a uh, verbal presentation, how they performed, and then um, what kind of insights they could get around uh, engagement, persuasion, and effectiveness. So what was found from the research was there was a big focus on meaningful movement. So that was a very valued part of when they looked at the alternatives, they looked at and and found that features like having a virtual canvas and zooming in and out had a specific benefit because it enabled things like conversational presenting, which we're talking about. So they actually found that through this research that static slides such as PowerPoint rated no better than having no visuals at all. So, you know, when you think about what were the were the key takeaways? Um, the ha- ability to have that um, dynamic nature to the presentation and be able to hone in on the the key points during the presentation that was adaptable. So it's a nonlinear, non-static approach. Led to a difference with Prezi having about a 16% greater engagement rate, 21% improvement difference between PowerPoint on persuasion, and a 25% difference on effectiveness. So this was all done with a double-blind test where different groups had to present, and the results were calculated. So 
we found it, it was a very exciting piece of research because it sort of was one of the first ones with also a statistically significant score that actually could measure what that difference was. Um, and so Harvard did it totally, you know, as, as looking at it from a very uh, research-driven approach of quantifying that, and that was a, a very exciting thing that just came out yesterday. Well, what's exciting about that feedback you're seeing is that it, you know that satisfaction rate is is we're seeing that from both buyers and sellers. We're seeing that on both sides of the table. The presentation, the those being presented to, feel like they're it's more engaging. They feel like it's more personalized. They feel like it's a better presentation. Those presenting feel like they're getting the feedback uh, and the next steps they really want. Uh, and that engagement sort of works on both sides. Help help people understand where how to balance that. I mean, I feel like there might be a little bit of a balance act between having that conversational presentation making it sort of customized and meaningful to the to the the those being presented to but not letting it get off track right because as a presenter you know especially if you're in a sales role like you have a goal you have an objective of where you want that conversation to go and if it gets too off track you may miss that objective how do you balance conversational presentations with still sort of staying on track uh for your objective yeah so First of all, I think it forces the presenter to think like a director. So you know your story inside and out, from the small details to the big picture, and you have to structure it as a a way that the conversation would flow. So the agenda, which is the top level, people can see what's happening, what's the progression. They're able to sort of go a step ahead, but you're always able to bring it up a level and show them whatever they're talking about in context with the bigger picture. So you can move up a level, you can move down a level. Um, You can um, manage the question, you know, think about the questions you're going to get and think about how you're going to address that. And so you don't get derailed by curiosity. You can then zoom back in to what the relevant point is that addresses that question. And you have to think about breaking up your conversation in a useful way because every second of attention is hard won. So if you think about delivering the content the way it's consumed and breaking it into small chunks, you're then adapting your conversation um, and have that flexibility to answer it, but then she'll still show, again, what the relative placement of that is into your bigger story. So those are just a, a couple tips about how to think about structuring your presentation um, from making it to make it conversational, make it adaptable, but make sure it doesn't get derailed. Um, there's a second piece that I, I didn't talk much about, but you know, at Prezi, we also think about not just the delivery. We think about the you know the visually stunning creation, the delivery, conversational part, but we also think about the analytics. So knowing what happens five minutes after you leave that room is really important because that helps influence your presentation for the next time that. You you give it to a similar persona or a set of people or even the same account because you can know what people are interested in, where they spend their time, and how you can improve your presentation. So we always like to think of it as a learning loop. So it's not just how it's delivered, but also about how people interact with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I can tell you, you know, from firsthand experience, you know, the Prezi team has been uh, generous enough to take a couple of my uh, keynotes from earlier this year and convert them into a Prezi format. And I will tell you that the impact on the audience is not just, you know, the conversational format, but, you know, you referenced, you know, sort of the visual nature. It's, it's you know, we, these these presentations have been made far more beautiful than a normal uh, Matt Hines, you know, set of slides. And I think you've gotten a lot of great feedback afterward on the format, on just the engaging nature of the way that the, the image 
pages move around and sort of you know start from sort of a commonplace, go deep, come back out. It puts the whole thing in context and makes it makes it look really good. And I think that you know there's there's many different elements that can make you look sharp uh, when you're able to adapt the conversation to what someone cares the most about. And you're you know your comment about seeing things afterward. I mean, these, you can post this these these presentations on uh, online. You can update them ongoing online, and you can see where your prospects are engaged. You can see what parts of the presentation they're spending the most time on so that your follow-up can be uh, can be managed accordingly. Just a couple more minutes left here with uh, Naja Gauzy, who's the president, or excuse me, the vice president of marketing at Prezi. Where can people find more information? I know that when we talked about the, the blog post, where should people go to learn more about this Harvard study? So we have a couple of things. We have a press release that has a link to it. We also have in our blog section uh, a abstract, and that also has more detail as well. Um, and you'll find it at, on a, all our social posts as well, so you're, uh, any of our Facebook, LinkedIn. You'll see uh, a million different ways <laughs> that you can connect with the information on uh, Prezi.com. By the awesome. way, I wanted to mention something on the Harvard study is that there was also one element that people who delivered using the Prezi format were rated more knowledgeable and professional. So there you go, Matt. That feeling you had <laughs> translated to your audience. Yeah, it makes a big difference, you know, because I mean, everyone's getting up and doing their slides. And, and we know that a lot of slide decks are uh, quite terrible. Um, and I think, you know, when you're just kind of moving through the same kind of format, it just becomes a little monotonous. You know, come back with something different, a little sharper, uh, maybe better better looking, better design. It certainly stands out. All right, one last question for you to appease my producer, Paul. We began the conversation today talking about the Mount Rushmore of sales. Uh, and if there were three or four people on a mountain that were sort of, you know, uh, from a sales and marketing standpoint, like, you know, they were immortalized as sort of the, maybe not the founding fathers, but some of the really most influential people. Kind of reach back as you, you know, in your years of doing sales and marketing, who are some of the people that have influenced you, you most? Speakers, authors, uh, you know, coaches, trainers, who, you know, you don't have to get four, but like one or one or two people that might be on that Mount Rushmore of sales for you. Uh, I would probably put Philip Kotler, just from way back when, on mm. marketing principles. I would put uh, maybe Seth Godin on that list. Yep. On marketing tribes, I would probably put the challenger sales guy or whatever. I, I agree that that whole initiative was something that I saw. And gosh, see the rise of CRM. You know, uh, I don't know if there's one person. There's a set of companies right in there. I'm trying to think mm-hmm. who else I would put in there. But that whole idea of automating what was uh, sort of a manual interaction. I'm trying to think. God, uh, that's a good question. I don't know who the individuals I would, I would put on for the fourth, but somebody. I don't know. I was, Paul, I'm impressed. I mean, I, I threw that out of the blue. She did not know that was coming. Those were some great answers. Uh, we will we will post those uh, and links to some of those uh, authors and influencers in the in the call notes. We will also on the uh, notes for this presentation today. We will post a link to the conversational presenting ebook as well as the Harvard study that was just announced this week. Some pretty exciting stuff there. If you like what you're hearing today on present on conversational presentations and want to share uh, these comments from Nadja with your team and with others. You can always catch the on-demand version of these uh, episodes, every episode at salespipelineradio.com. If you want to make sure you never miss another episode, subscribe to our podcast. We are at the Google Play and iTunes Store. Catch us there anytime and always live right here on Sales Lead Management Radio every Thursday at 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific. want to thank our guest again so much, Nadja Gauzy, the VP of Marketing from Prezi. We'll be back next week. Next week, 
unless he has to reschedule again, we've got the infamous Grant Cardone, uh, who uh, very very likely could be one of those names given his influence uh, up on that uh, Mount Rushmore of sales. We might have to ask him that question. Uh, who he would put up there and who in whether he would put himself up there as well. Uh, but uh, anyway, look forward to seeing everyone next week. This is Matt Hines. Thanks for joining us. See you next week on Sales Pipeline Radio. You've been riding along as we explore the sales pipeline with Matt Hines from Hines Marketing. Right here on the Funnel Radio Channel for at-work listeners like you.